welcome to episode number 101 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on January the 17th, 2020. My name is Eric, I'm the host of the show, based in southern Ontario, a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people be better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian, I live on Vancouver Island. I'm a student in preparedness, target shooter, and my hobby farm's designated handyman. That's too wordy this time. Ooh, but I like I like the student yeah. preparedness. That's a that's a yeah. solid intro. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. Oh, that's me again. Want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? Buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. The patch is very tactical. These are your show notes, Ian. You should know when you're up. Yeah. (laughs) Dog dog distraction right now. (laughs) If you are enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook, submit a review on iTunes. We want your feedback, good, bad, or even just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some emotionally stable content for you in this episode. Uh, We're going to start off with some preparedness-related news, and we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since our last episode, then we're going to get into the main topic, lockdown battle for mental health. Let's move into some news. Uh, I put a couple of articles in here today. I had a few moments this afternoon to... uh, to, to do some research. I uh, found a really cool article out of Australia. Um, a cool story about a lost hiker. His phone didn't have reception, so he attached his phone to a drone, sent a message, sent a text message, pressed send, knowing that it would keep trying to send until it could find reception, then flew his drone up so it could hit a line of sight antenna and um, send the signal out, which eventually got him saved. So that was pretty cool. It's like MacGyverism. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Another reason that a, that a good a good uh, plan and a little bit of preparedness can save the day. He had batteries. He had he knew where he was, which is a really important part of being found. He knew to stay still, and he got and he, and he took his drone up, and which was which was pretty neat. Um, the article goes into a little bit more about what's good and bad about drones, but that is the uh, the big takeaway for us was that. Uh, the second article I put out was from the CBC. Uh, Regina's being a jerk about healthy people getting together. Um, a woman in Regina was fined like $2,800 or something for having a get-together. Uh, and then another one in Halifax. A, uh, a tra- we're not supposed to travel, but if we do, um, it's suppo- it apparently keeps getting people sick-ish. Um, so a couple of people from a, on a flight from Toronto to Halifax were... Um, locked in a big metal tube with recirculating air, and but only certain people that were within a reasonable proximity to that person are being asked to self-isolate. So, still not sure how dangerous the the the, the contact actually was, or how much of other people's air they were actually breathing. But that's it's something that happened. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I um, see here. I got a couple of links. Uh, I found a fun little link that would have came in handy about three episodes ago for our power outage one, but it's a uh, power outage map for Canada. So it's a live updated, uh, you know, on the go website from generac.com, the generator maker and, um, maps about power outages uh, by customers affected all throughout Canada. So maybe if you've got somebody you can't get a hold of, maybe it's a good way to find out what's going on. I don't know. Just yeah, interesting. That's one. pretty cool. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. Uh, at first I thought it was a slow news week for Canada, so I uh, put in the, the weather warning regarding Montreal. I guess they were expecting 20 centimeters by Sunday. I don't know if that happened or not. Which, like, are those internet centimeters or... Well, maybe man centimeters. I don't know. Like... <laughs> They're, uh... <laughs> 20, 20 centimeters. I, I mean, I still want to be a weatherman for a living, right? It's the only job you can be wrong 80% of the time and not get fired. Um, they'll say 20 centimeters, we'll get four, and they'll call it a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. I, uh, I've never watched this guy before, but somebody sent me a link to the Ice Age Farmer. You guys watch him on YouTube? No. Okay, so interesting cat. A uh, little bit of religious bent to him, but that's fine. Uh, it doesn't take away from the message. He actually tends to produce receipts on the go, like, like news articles to back up what he's telling and everything else. And uh, interestingly enough, a lot of countries like Argentina, the Ukraine, Russia, Brazil, a couple other ones are all halting their food exports. They don't want to give away. They want. They want. They're more worried about feeding their own people right now because of like I guess climate disasters last spring with the plant and everything else. They're worried about a food shortage, so now they're stopping exports, which is causing problems down the road for people like China, who imports a lot of food. 
And it's just a very interesting video to watch. And he's obviously, he's trying to promote people being less reliant and doing their own farming. Um, so yeah, I put the link in the in the show notes. It's actually a really interesting channel. I don't know if he's full of crap or whatever, but I'll have to watch a few more and take a look. We'll have but, to check it out. Yeah, Ice Age Farmer on YouTube. Uh, interesting cat. Got some new homework. All right. Yeah, look at that. All right, I've got one article here uh, from CP24, just in regards to uh, police making arrests and dispersing crowds of anti-lockdown protesters in downtown Toronto. So it's uh, it's beginning, or I guess it already began, but it's continuing, where uh, people are protesting. The and, uh, making you cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just uh, another reminder to keep your uh, keep your head on a swivel and and. Be aware of your surroundings if you are out and about because uh, the protests are starting to ramp up a little bit more and they're they're popping up in the news more often than uh, in the past in regards to these uh, lockdowns and such. So just be aware they're happening. I think it's just boiling down to fatigue now. I think just, so too. No matter how, how what they hear now, people are just getting so pissed off that they're just like, you know what, yeah. I've had my fill. So. And hence our episode for uh, this evening. Yeah. Very interesting the way that works. Look at that. Well, shall we move into what we've done lately for preps? So for myself, replace the sump pump in the front of the house. Uh, we've got uh, two sump pumps here, one in the back corner, one in the front corner of the house. So uh, the one in the front corner uh, burnt out. And uh, I was alerted to that by the alarm going off saying, hey, the uh, water level in this, uh, this pit's getting a little high. So I uh, found out that the float was uh, not working anymore, the float switch. And I happened to have a spare pump kicking around. So I just swapped them out. Had to cut some pipe a little bit uh, to make the new one fit, but uh, it's pumping water again. So got that all done. Uh, we had a decent uh, length power outage here the other day. Uh, unfortunately, I was uh, working at home for the day, and uh, with all of our pre our preps and such for power outages, I was able to just continue on as if uh, nothing happened. So I still had to be productive while some other coworkers were like, "Well, we don't have power, so we're not working." Power uh, up. Yeah, See, I know, right? Yeah, she just said, "Oh, it's just backup generator didn't work today, guys. I'm gonna have to like, take yeah. it off too." Yeah, I should have should have done that, but uh, you know, I, I would have just been told to come into the office at that point. I'm sure. Or you would have got razzed, and you know, or razzed or something. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, got some meal planning done. We're starting to do that now, so we're getting into our second week of actually planning our meals out uh, a week in advance. So hoping to carry that through 2021. We'll see. We'll probably make it makes it life so much easier. Really oh my does. god, does it ever? It's great. Yeah, we do it on and off. We'll do it for a couple months, and then we're like, eh. And then we do it for a couple months, and eh. But we started again, and it's uh, so far it's working out. Uh, and service the water system. So uh, it was time to put a new UV light in. It's been uh, 365 days, so that was uh, beeping away saying, hey, change me out. So swap that out, did uh, filter swaps and everything as well at the same time. And water's uh, still flowing. So it's a murky system, right? Uh, no, it's a whole house um, filtration system. Oh, okay. Is that available at rapidsurvival.com? Uh, nope, that one's not. <sighs> no. <laughs> I, was really, I was really trying there. I, I appreciate the plugs there, but uh, no, this uh, this system I don't sell. So, But a local uh, a local company does. So went and got all my, uh, my UV light and my filter and stuff, swapped it all out, and water flows again, and all's good. Cool. That's, uh, that's what I did for the week. All right, everybody sit down for a drink. Got lots to talk about. Oh boy! <laughs> what, I did, what I did for preps this week? Um, I made the mistake of pulling at the sweater thread that is bathtub O-rings. Now this mm. all boils down because I'm too cheap to buy a water bob. I will fully admit that. And so my plan is just to fill the tub with water as required uh, when the power is out. Run the generator, fill up the tub, feed from there, and so on and so on. But of course, both tubs are leaking right now. So if I fill the tub about an hour later, it's empty. That's no good. So. Nope. I made the mistake of going to Home Depot and I was like, hey, can I get a bathtub O-ring for this thing? And he's like, no, don't sell them. I'm like, I thought they were just universal, so I don't know what the hell. So he's like, oh, you got to go to X place. They don't, they didn't have it either. And then I went to the other mentor's place, of course, and he had like a pile of O-rings. So I picked through two of them. And um, so, yeah, I found two that fit relatively well. Um, still not 100%, but hopefully I'll find something down the road. But you would think that bathtub O-rings would just be like a, a normal thing. Huh. No. So, um, yeah, maybe I should just buy a water bomb. I don't know. You <laughs> should definitely buy a water bomb. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to buy the, the, the water bomb. You know that. So, um, let's see here. Then I did a champion generator service, uh, the big one that does our water pumps, the 220 system. So, I, uh, 
yeah, I was just taking a look at it because it's that time of year. And, uh, yeah, the, the gas was bad, of course, so I had to change that out. Battery was pretty much dead, so I had to charge that up, change out the air filter, give it a test run, inflate the wheels for the little cart that's on because i got to drive it down with a quad to the pump house to actually get it to work. And then, um, yeah, so that took a good chunk of time, surprisingly. Uh, did a meetup of two potential MAG members and oh. both looking pretty good. So that's pretty awesome. Both probably listening tonight, so that's good. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so I got to have breakfast with one, and the other one came over to the farm here. And uh, turns out we're co-workers as well, so that works out well. Yeah. Um, then I checked in with the uh, next-door neighbors uh, who are on – they're kind of homebound. And one's – actually, he's got a torn ACL right now, so you can't really do much at all. <laughs> so I checked in on them at the fence line. We had some uh, some mulled wine at the fence and, and chatted for a while, just made sure they're okay and asked if they needed anything, all that stuff. Because, again, they're kind of feeling the mental effects from all this because they haven't been able to leave the house for quite a while, and especially him because he's, like, literally hobbling everywhere. Uh, let's see here. So I had two listeners phone up and actually wanted to discuss poultry. So oh. yeah, no problem. I, I talked to them and yeah, cause one guy wanted to get ducks, but I don't think it's the right type of ducks. And let's see here. I took care of two roosters today. So they were excess roosters to the needs. And so they were gone. And it's so funny how quiet the farm gets as soon as you take care of a rooster. Cause they all don't want to be next. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny. You take- I now identify as a hen. Yeah, so, oh well, yeah, they're all just like, oh man, like, oh, geez, he's in a mood, he's in a mood, and so, yeah, it's, uh, they're all, they're all crowing and, and clucking around until you take care of the first one, and then all of a sudden it just goes deathly quiet, and then it's like they know, and I felt bad because they're all, like, milling around afterwards, like, looking at what I was doing, so, um, yeah, so those two got, uh, freezer, or vacuum sealed, thrown in the freezer, ready to go, I did a, well, Mark Petroni texted Eric and myself to see if we could do a quick uh, last minute spot there, but I think Eric was working, so I, was, I yeah. uh, did the spot on Saga 960 for the, uh, the Canadian Purple Podcast plug chance that we get, and kind of talked to him about, uh, I guess, everything from RVs to, like, bug out locations to a couple other things over the course of 15 minutes, and let's see here, did a food and feed top up, and now we did dry canning, which is a new thing. Um, I say we, I mean my wife, she did it, but I was like, <laughs> I was the gopher. Um, so we're, the reason we're doing dry canning for what amounts to flour is uh, weevil production. So I guess everything from lentils to flour, rice, they all get weevils eventually. Now, some people think you can freeze your flour for like two weeks and it'll prevent weevils. Other people uh, think you can do dry canning. So we thought we'd give it a try. And so basically what you have to do is you have to take the, the jars, do what you'd normally do for water bath canning. So you have to clean them, sterilize them, everything else. But then you take the flour, you dunk it into the 1.9 liter, the big, big cans, uh, big jars. And um, yeah, you have to kind of shake it. Maybe if your wife has a vibrating device, you can attach to it to like, you know, s- settle that flour down. You can uh, use that or whatever. Just tap it on the just counter. Tap, tap it gently on the side. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, but you always sounds like a lot more fun, honestly. <laughs> And then, so yeah, it took us uh, 15 1.9 liter jars to do a 20 kilogram bag of flour. And so what you do is you throw them in the oven, 215 for two hours with the lid off. And then once you pull them out of the oven, you throw the lid on, you put the, the twisty ring on. And then after about 10 minutes, they suck in just like a regular or canning thing. So no water required. And um, supposedly the flour is good for five years. No weevils because it gets too hot for the eggs and they all die. Interesting. So that's uh, we'll see how that works. No weevils, no uh, no rotting after a year or two. We'll consider it a success. So one point um, nine liter jars. How much is that in dry measurements, like in cups or grams? That's the thing. We didn't really measure it. We just it was volume, right? So it's twenty kilos of flour, but it took fifteen jars to do it. So I, you're probably getting okay. like a you know a kilo and change oh, per a kilo, jar, right? kilo and a bit per. Okay. Yeah, and. Um, I suppose if you could find bigger jars, you could, but that's the biggest ones you could find at Canadian Tire. So, I mean, the upfront cost for the jars isn't cheap, but by the same token, in the moist climate and the weevil aspect, it actually makes sense around here. Maybe a bucket might do better elsewhere. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, we keep our flour in a bucket. Like a, yeah. And, and, like, just keep the, keep the lid on it. But we go through it fast enough that I don't think that'll be a... Think, and we're also in a really different climate from you, so... Well, also, if you if you say if you have it in the bucket and you put it in the cold room, it's going to get cold enough, it'll probably kill the weevil eggs, right? Yep. Whereas we don't, I'm not bragging, but we just don't get that cold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there anyways, we go. Uh, here we go. Everything before the butt is bull. Yeah, I'm not right. bragging, but. I'm not bragging, but. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then continue with the power line maintenance. So I had to pretend to be an arborist for a little while and take care of all the bushes underneath the power lines. And amazingly large pile of branches afterwards. It's like a beaver lodge just appeared in my front yard. So got to take care of that later on. 
I uh, did some seed shopping uh, for the company called West Coast Seeds. They started a little um, stand at the local uh, greenhouse, so we decided to pick up all their seeds because they're heritage organic seeds and everything else. I made the mistake of actually talking to the seed lady while I was there and asked her, I said, listen, this is a really crazy question, but now that you have legalized marijuana, do you guys sell marijuana seeds too? Because I'm just curious, like, you're, you're organic, right? And she's like, well, that's kind of like, you know, a Coke distributor selling alcohol. So she says, not really. We had the discussion, but no. And I was like, then I all, I guess I offended her somehow, but I was just like, I'm just curious, like, it's an organic thing. I don't, I don't touch the stuff, but anyway. You're, you're, you were almost a hippie there for a few seconds. I was almost a hippie. You're anyway, <laughs> it's slow but sure pressure here on the island. Um, and then a couple CGN deals, of course. Uh, Shocking. The, that never one, happens. One out of the trunk of a car, which I was very proud of, uh, which was actually <laughs> kind of funny. And then uh, other than that. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually pretty funny. I got some strange looks, but it was all good. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Alan, that's good. it. I mean, that's it. Oh, wow, that was that was like two drinks worth. Uh, <laughs> I was nowhere near as productive um, from the last episode where I was away at a course. I finished that course. That was Tuesday. Drove home for about six hours Tuesday night. Got home super late. I think it was about one o'clock in the morning by the time I finally unpacked the truck. Um, this week I did some meal prep for, well, today I did some meal prep for, for, the, for the upcoming week. Um, got a pretty significant training goal for some testing coming up, so I've been working towards that. And started the process of emptying my garage out into my basement for the demolition and rebuild that is coming. Right. Um, the timing of it is still a little up in the air thanks to COVID rules. Uh, right now, Ontario is not issuing permits for a lot of things like foundations, um, which is a little unfortunate, but... Um, I don't, you know, I won't be looking at doing it until, you know, until spring anyways, but, um, hopefully if we get our permit application in now, we'll be on the top of the pile when the, uh, when they actually start issuing things again. So, um, that was pretty much my week. Took the, uh, took the Christmas decorations down today. Sad day. <laughs> All right. We got <laughs> some trash talking, trash talking from the commentary here. So first we do. Off, uh, Dairy Skater. So, uh, she says, then you have to seal around the ring, which is a well, which is a hassle for the, uh, canning your flour um just took a, a dry cloth and just wiped it off actually i guess it was a slightly moist cloth and it still worked um so that's that why you said moist yeah <laughs> <laughs> moist and then no let's see here uh of course vt mentions that nothing in plumbing is standard around the world of course it's like you don't realize just how crazy plumbing is compared to something like you know electrical or even lumber measurements or anything else which mm -hmm. is much more standard standardized but um Bane Ironhand pointed out the fact that the roosters need a bug out plan. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's it's sad and I feel bad. I really do feel bad every time I have to do it because we've hand raised them, so they don't really put up a fuss when I went to go grab them. I was like, hey buddy, how's it going? They hop right up on my, my, my arms and they're like, Hey dad, just to let you know, I trust you implicitly. Where are we going? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so we're going to the freezer, man. But if, uh, if truth be told, I mean, they have a bunch of really good days. One bad day, that's just the way it is, and you know, as long as you, as long as your one bad day is your last, it's you know, it's nothing to really complain about. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's like that's you know, you have to realize what somebody has to give up in order for you to eat. So that's just the way it is. Like, there's a song about that, isn't there? Yeah. I'm not going to sing Elton John right now. <laughs> Uh, Mailman points out, uh, what are the Ian's chances of a survival in case of an earthquake while doing the podcast? Well, we've actually had quite a few earthquakes here since I moved here, surprisingly, and barely feel half them, and we're on solid bedrock, and where am I going to go? I'm probably just I think he was going to use those bins around, the, around yeah. your head falling down on you. Well, they're yep. further back than you would think, actually, and they're not going to touch me, so, anyway. All right, well, one day we might find out. Yeah. Uh, how many batteries was the required for the that force, power? That force perspective. So yeah. what 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 Mailman NB doesn't realize is exactly how short Ian really is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like it's like holding up that fish to the camera, and it's like the fish looks huge and the person looks no. It's like I'm I'm actually like I'm oompa loompa sized and those things are like actually not that big. So anyway. Um, VT was being a smart like because he knows better uh, how many batteries was required for the canning of the flower, and we're still sadly on grid. And uh, I think that was pretty much it. So yeah. Oh. Right. Well, maybe we'll move into the main topic then. All right. So why are we talking about this? Yeah. Uh, three seconds without hope. We talk about three three minutes without air and three days without water, three months without food, or three, three weeks without food anyway. Three weeks. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, three seconds without hope, and I'll get into that a little bit later on. But honestly, yeah, like this is this is huge, right? Uh, the mental game of preparedness is critical, and you can talk to Jocko Willink about that if you really want to. 
That's true. The, the, the mental game is, is what's going to get you through 100%. You can have all these other preparedness things all lined up, ready to go. But if you're mentally not ready for any kind of situation that's thrown at you, you're, you're just, you're going to fall apart. You're not going to be able to get through the situation that's presented to you because mentally you just haven't prepared for it. And I, th- I think we're seeing now a lot of people starting to kind of crumble under the whole lockdown scenarios that are happening for all kinds of various reasons. Um, but we're, I think we're definitely starting to see um, some people just having enough. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the times it's like that. Uh, actually, I talked to uh, Mark Petroni about that on the show. I was like, here's that opening scene in Apocalypse Now where Martin Sheen's sitting there going crazy in the hotel room after a while. Yeah. It's the same idea. I mean, because basically if you start hitting the bottle or, or you used to have too much time to think, before you know it, you're fixating on something and maybe you're self-reflecting on the lesser desirable parts of your personality. Um, or if you're just a person that's a type A and you have to constantly be doing something and you're not, the walls start to close in pretty fast, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. I think a lot of times if you're trying to avoid certain personal problems by staying super busy and you, and you can't stay busy, well, they're there in your face now, right? Yep, you're forced to uh, forced to look at them and deal with them. Yeah. That's, yeah, This, like I said, this, this whole situation has forced a lot of people to exactly that, reflect and, and look at things that they can normally kind of drown out and, and the noise of regular everyday activity they've been able to carry on for, for as long as they have without having to face those things they don't want to. And like I said, Ian, all of a sudden now you're, you're sitting at home, that background noise that you've been able to distract yourself with is no longer there. And you're, you have to face things that you, you may not want to, or may not, you know, be ready to look at or, or face, or even just the whole idea of being locked down. You know, maybe a lot of people are like people are in general are social, right? So all of a sudden you, you take that away and now what? Yeah, I mean, social animals generally. I mean, some of us are a little, little more hermit-like than the rest of us, but, you know. I, yeah, I hate people. <laughs> I, the more I deal with them, the more I like with my dogs, right? Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It's The longer this pandemic's going to go on, the more likely these people are starting to get, you know, they're going to feel it's never going to end, but they're also going to feel, like, more and more likely that they can't fix what the, the issue is. Yep. And, uh, you know, we saw, like, uh, one of the people from the CCFR there, I'm not going to name them but they were talking about the loss of their father and they couldn't see much of their father in the last you know weeks of his life and didn't have a chance to go to a proper ceremony or like a proper funeral and and didn't have a chance to so it's part of the grieving process right so if you're not unable to like actually i had an aunt like my favorite aunt died down in ontario same thing and i couldn't go to the funeral and i couldn't go this couldn't do that and because of the covid they didn't have a proper uh funeral and everything else so yeah it it does affect how you normally would cope with a loss of certain certain oh yeah absolutely a lot of social norms like funerals that you're explaining or, or weddings or like celebratory things as well as, um, you know, side things, the norms are completely different now. So all of a sudden it's, you're not only dealing with being locked down in your home, but if something bad happens or something good, either, or you're now stuck with this. Well, how do I socially, like what is socially acceptable to either grieve this or celebrate this? And with the shifting changes in, in the rules that seem to you know, change weekly, monthly, daily, you're left with, well, can I socially acceptably go do this or not? Or, you know, it, it's just, it, it screws people's minds. After a while, you, you start thinking, like, what can I do? How can I do it? What, what I would normally plan and what I normally foresaw for doing certain things, I, I can't do now. And, yeah, if you, you can't see that loved one for the last like you know weeks or months of their life, and all of a sudden it, you start playing the what if game with yourself, and now you're back into a lockdown, sitting in your house playing what if all day. It's not good. Yeah, actually, uh, Bane Ironhead brings up a really good point. So most people get weird after a couple months alone or on expeditions to the Arctic or other similar situations. I can definitely attest to that because my first winter up on the Arctic Circle. So I was actually 18 miles from the Arctic Circle, and the Arctic Circle for the people that haven't research it it's basically the point of, of land where the the sun doesn't quite rise at the the, the dar- darkest day of the year it doesn't quite set during the with the summer so during summer it's fantastic because you get to fish until the sun sets and it doesn't so you get to fish all night type of thing or whatever but then during the winter all of a sudden it's like you start to go a little squirrely like <laughs> i won't lie like i mean it's it's a little bit it well it affects you a lot <laughs> and so we used to call it getting bushed after a while because these guys would just like after no sun for months and months on ender i remember going to the the local constabulary to have coffee 
because they're like the only people that had a, co- a working coffee machine around. Yeah. And uh, so I'd go there and we'd, we'd sit there at like 11.30, wait for the sun to come up and we're like, <gasps> oh, that's so awesome. And then go down and I'd go back to work. And then that was, so I'd be working all night. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. And also uh, VT points out the fact that, you know, a lot of people are stuck to the idiot box, uh, are the ones that are falling into yeah. the trap. He's busier than ever now. I know he is. Uh, I'm also yep. ridiculously busy right now, it seems too. But um, yeah, I mean, there's also people that don't have the opportunity to be busy. Like the, the, most of the people want to be but can't uh, because of where they live or, yep. you know, the house that they chose or whatever. So unfortunately, it's not always by choice thing either, right? So. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of people live in, you know, who live in a city, they live in a small apartment. There's only so many times you can go from the living room to the bedroom and the bedroom to the living room and there's nowhere else to go. Yep. If you have some property, it's a whole lot easier. But if like, but if you're if you're not like you, you run out of projects really quickly. <laughs> okay, these guys are on fire tonight. So uh, yep. mailman New Brunswick <laughs> says, just watch movies like The Shining, great family fun. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought he ha- I thought he handled that lockdown pretty well, actually. <laughs> no <laughs> TV and no beer, make home or something. Fantastic. <laughs> and of course, Darius Cater yeah. points out that that explains a lot for me. So yeah. okay, well. That hurts a little, but I'll be okay. But it, uh, it's, I mean, not e- not even as as in depth as being up in the Arctic Circle, right? When it's you know in the winter, like I, we haven't seen the sun here since you know probably the second or third of January. It's been just cloudy and overcast and snowy and rainy, and it's it's just unpleasant. And that lack of vitamin D gets to you after a while. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it is seasonal affective disorder. I don't know if it's actually in the DSM per se, but it's it's definitely a medical condition that's being recognized, whether it's official or not yet. But um, yeah, I mean, it does affect some people worse than others. And I, I agree with Tracy in the live chat there. I, I'm happy to not see people as well. Yeah, I'm happy to not see most people, but the most, people that I want to yeah. see, it, I can't. Yes. Um, I mean, I, so the, the course that I was just on, we were supposed to, like, on Tuesday afternoon when uh, um, when Hare Ford rep- decided that he was going to lock us down again, um, that course was supposed to go for some of the students for another five days. And all of a sudden, they're... You know they're they're out hotel accommodations. They've you know they've traveled. They've taken time off work to attend this class for another you know five for five more days, and then nothing. Can't do it. Yep. So that that messes with you after a while. You know, just some you know simple things like um, I have a really good friend who lives in who lives in town. He's you know half an hour away. I drive by his house a couple of times a week. We haven't seen each other in months. I think September was the last time, just because we're not allowed and. Yep. As much as I, as much as I'm a big fan of Damn the Man, I don't trust his neighbors, and I don't trust my neighbors to not call the police because they think they're doing the right thing, and that's really inconvenient and really unfortunate. Yep. Where are you? Your neighbors denouncing you? How bad is that uh, situation at this point now? And well, the thought police have won. Like I'm more yeah. worried. I'm more worried about what the neighbors are going to think than I am about what the uh, what the, what the actual physical health hazards are. Yeah, far more worried about the about the, what the neighbors think. It's crazy. Yep. So, which of course leads to uh, what I want to talk about next was substance abuse. So, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, as a coping mechanism, are turning to various things: uh, bottle weed, you know, uh, yep. maybe some less than legal stuff. Um, so, yeah, talk about signs of al- uh, substance abuse. I think we touched on this before, but again, uh, one of the things is: are you drinking alone? And baby yep. Jesus doesn't count according to Homer Simpson. So <laughs> neither does um, Facebook. Yeah. So actually, I was going to ask oh, you: Does does podcast panelists count? Um, I mean, as long as you're as long as you're interacting like face to face. My camera was on; it would count. Please tell me it counts. <laughs> Please tell me it counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so the the big the big thing about about alcohol is having one is not the problem. Yeah, it's not being able to stop at one or two, right? That's that's where it becomes an issue. There's there's nothing wrong with having a beer after work. There's nothing wrong with having a beer after a day of chore, and there's nothing wrong with having a beer just because you want to. What well, the vodka. challenge is the challenge, or or vodka, or rum, or scotch, or whatever your whatever your particular uh, flavor is. Yeah. The challenge is when you when one turns into two, turns into three, turns into four, and however many more, and it keeps going. That's and, and, and the next day it's more. That's the uh, th- those are the, those are the big ones. That's the d- the difference between having a drink and abusing alcohol. Yeah, yeah when it turns into a I need to versus yep. I want to. Uh, there's somebody there's somebody in my family, and you can tell when it's three th- when it's three forty five in the afternoon because he starts to get shaky, and it's cocktail hour, yep. and it doesn't matter. Like it's it's like it's right there, and you know it, and it's 
it's a really subtle sign. Oh, hey, it's time time to time to pour a drink. Oh, it must be getting close to four o'clock. He hasn't have he hasn't had a drink yet today. I, so I agree with VT when he says two cases is too much. Probably. And well, it depends. Mean, on, I mean, cases of beer, maybe not. Cases of wine, yes. Cases two of cases, vodka. Two, ca- two cases per year or per day. <laughs> just make <laughs> sure. And, and ultimately, the, the 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 final amount. There's no set amount that that makes it abusive. It's the it's the the act where you're where you carry on and you can't you either can't stop or you can't go a day without drinking or you can't go through a specific event without drinking. That's when it becomes uh, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and Scott points out the fact that uh, paramedics are seeing way more mental health and uh, substance abuse calls. I agree. Actually, the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association actually had a thing on their website today. It was a little bit of fudged uh, stats, but basically said it was uh, the suicide rate was up 30% since September. But of course, after July, it took a big dive for it to go back up. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to uh, attribute that per se. But no doubt, I mean, because of all this, I, I have no doubt that generally that the there's going to be a lot more mental health calls and, and everything else. Maybe not full suicides but maybe attempts yeah. or cases of depression or whatever and no doubt this is going to have lasting effects even on teenagers like uh oh, yeah. my my daughter's ability to socialize like she normally would as a as a young teenager is going to be certainly uh, different than than my personal experience as a teenager socializing right yeah. oh my my kids are going nuts they've been home for almost a year now and they don't like each other under the best of circumstances and like school was at least a time where they could be even in the even in the same building, they were apart and they didn't have to interact and they didn't have to socialize, and now they don't have a choice, and it makes them absolutely batty. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, big problems. Anyways, uh, let's talk about ways to fight this. Exercise. Nobody, nobody say alcohol. Exercise. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about exercise for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually I was trying to think of the best way to do it for the universal, like for the average Joe. Uh, that just has an apartment or a small house or whatever. What Push-ups, sit-ups, burpees. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, prison workouts. That's where I looked at it. I googled prison workouts, and I found out about an interesting cat. Now, his that's not his real name, but he changed his name to Charles Bronson because <laughs> he wanted <laughs> to sound tough. But he's actually a British guy, and he's serving like a 67-year sentence in prison. And he's been in order of three, uh, three different sentencings, and he's... Like killed guys in prison and all this stuff, but he's got a fan club and signed, and he's actually made book deals based on his prison workouts, because he's started, he's doing like strongman competitions in prison now, and he's basically like doing push-ups with guys standing on his back and all this other stuff. Anyways, uh, interesting cat, but he actually has this prison workout regime that it's mm-hmm. body weight exercises, it's in small cramped spaces. And he basically does, even when he's in solitary confinement, because he's been an asshole in prison, <laughs> he's able to do it. So I was like, you know, like, kudos to him. I mean, he's yeah, still making push-ups, decline push-ups. Yeah, you can you can make it harder for yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember reading, listening, I forget where, um, Navy SEALs, right? They're some of the most ripped guys you'll ever meet. They don't lift weights. Yeah. Everything they do, Everything they do is body weight. So hmm. if you check out uh, Charles Bronson's Ultimate Prisoner Body Weight Workout, it's actually a book. And hmm. uh, it might oh. be worth your while just to check it out, it's, or at least check it out online. There's probably some uh, some read ups on it. Um, so yeah, definitely. I'm not sure exercise. I'm willing to support somebody who's making money from prison, <laughs> prison for that, but, but I but will least, uh, certainly certainly look at look at the exercises. Yeah, makes good sense. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, it was just very interesting the way that that he's turned that around. But um, any exercise, but I mean that's for the average Joe. I mean, for the rest of us, we can still do farm fit. We can still go walk our dogs. If you don't have a dog, there's always workarounds. Like we could yep. always uh, steal our neighbor's dog. Offer to uh, walk borrow, your neighbor's borrow dog. your neighbor's dog. Yes, yes. true. So, I mean, <laughs> phrasing. Phrasing is important. Uh, yeah, ask to borrow your neighbor's dog nicely, but the dog will be happy because he'll get two walks a day, and you'll get a chance to get out of the house, and you'll get in better shape, and the dog will be in shape, and it's all yeah. good, right? Win win. Yeah. yeah. Nope. And set like set a, set a goal, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm the first one to say that I'm I'm not a runner, but you run to the run to the end of the block and back, and then run to the end of the next block and back, and Work your work your way up to it, and it, it's it's something to something to look forward to and something to strive for every day. Yep. I think I was talking about was uh, offer to shop for your maybe elderly neighbors or just your neighbors that can't move or whatever. Maybe use it as a business idea if you've been laid off. But uh, yeah, if you want to hustle, uh, go. You have a legitimate reason to leave your house uh, to go grocery shopping. So why not do it for other people? And I think um, if like if you have a if you have a car, um, you can drive for somebody like Uber Eats or whomever that does that offers delivery and uh, that's still happening 
And so you can, you can get yourself out of the house and away for a few hours uh, and make money, make money doing it. And then now you own, because you're an independent courier, you now own a business and everything becomes tax deductible. But that's a different one. That's a, di- a different uh, podcast entirely. But it, gi- it gives you something to do. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, gets you out of the house, gives you a change of environment, and gives you not like complete human contact, but like semi-human contact, where you're at least going into a store and, and picking up food and then dropping it off at the front door of somebody else. So, yeah. As far as the uh, the absolute mental game goes, um, I just want to talk for a minute about a guy named Victor Frankel. Have you guys ever heard of him? No, nope. recognize the name, but I couldn't place where from. Yeah, so he's one of the founders of modern psychotherapy, and he basically was focusing his therapy on the meaning of life, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and uh, interesting cat, he one of his books, one of his many books, as well as one of his many university courses he taught, was called Man's Search for Meaning. And basically it related to his time in the camps and uh, during World War II, and he would talk about people that he could tell just by looking at them if they're going to make it or not, just by their mental state. And so what he would do is he would kind of learn for key indicators as far as a person's mental health goes. And one of them was in the form of cigarettes. And basically some people would hang on to the last pack of cigarettes and they wouldn't smoke them because they just figured there was better days coming. And uh, the people that usually end up smoking their last cigarette would die soon thereafter. And um, after you read it, you're kind of like, oh, that's a very interesting take on things. And um, there's a Coles Notes available uh, version available online as well. And... Um, yeah, interesting cat. So if you want to talk about the mental aspect of uh, being in an extreme lockdown condition, that is a person to go to. So Victor Frankel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. and uh, But yeah, definitely big on the mental game there. Um, communication. So yeah, I mean, if you're having problems, obviously you need to tell people or mm-hmm. ask for help. Uh, but if you also, if you see something that's uh, indicating somebody else is having problems, maybe you should just offer a helping hand of some sort just even just need to talk for three hours let them talk yep uh, luckily we have the the communication available the form of zoom meetings stream yards anything else that yeah it's not that hard to to communicate nowadays right yeah. well there's there's lots of there's lots of options and zoom is i mean zoom is one of those things where you get you know 40 minutes at 40 minute chunks of time and you can log off and hop back on somewhere else and you can have a few people together and um any more than three or four people, it gets kind of disconnected to talk, but it's, you know, it's still seeing somebody's face and hearing their voice, which is better than not sometimes. Well, yeah, especially when you have that, that deafening silence in your apartment, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, actually, I did put a link to the uh, Health Canada website on substance abuse and how to get help. If you don't want to talk to anybody you know, you could talk to some strangers. There's all yep. sorts of helplines on that uh, link. I'll put it in the show notes. That's why I have you guys. There's nobody stranger. Well, that is true. Uh, uh, you can ask for more strange guys. That looks point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And for people that obviously like uh, dealing with job loss, which is going to that's going to be some, huge for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no surprise. The economy's gone into the shitter, despite what the stock market's telling you. So yep. yeah, if you've suffered a job loss and you're not willing to talk about it, that's on you. But you should be able to at least bounce it off on other people that might have lost the same job as you. Uh, talk, talk to friends or loved ones and just know that you're not alone because as we can tell this economy is uh, universally screwing a lot of people so <laughs> yep. uh, yeah so they're definitely not alone in that case I think one of the one of the, the the more poignant things that I heard the other I don't know a week or so ago a couple of months maybe um, we've heard a lot that we're all in this together we've heard a lot that we're all we're all in the same boat we're not in the same boat, no. but we're all in the same storm. And so regardless of those of us who've lost their jobs or not, um, some of us are really, really lucky that they, we, we haven't slowed down at all. Some of us have been stopped entirely. And no matter what, we're all facing the same, the same lockdowns, we're facing the same, you know, in inability to go watch a movie or we're, we're, we're facing the same inability to go to a concert. And so while we may all, while we all have individual experiences, we have, there's lots of commonality there and we've all suffered some loss. We've all suffered something. Um, one of the things that I've learned over the years, if someone does want to talk to you, they don't, in a lot of cases, they don't want a solution. They want, they just want to be heard. Um, 
the Red Cross offers um, a couple of psychological first aid courses that are completely online at this point, but they are easily accessible and they'll help uh, help you take in somebody else's pain without making it your own, which is a, which is another big problem, right? Um, we heard we saw from Scott in the in the live comments there that um, they're seeing the paramedics are seeing way more mental health and substance abuse calls. Paramedics are also seeing way more mental health and substance abuse problems. Um, everybody, everybody's having a rough time with this. So make sure that um, it's the, the same stuff that we talk about with with uh, with physical rescue, right? If you if there's somebody in the water and you jump in the water after them, now there are two people in the, now there are two people drowning and nobody's helping. So you, you have the same thing. If if some if you're not in a position where you can talk to some where you can listen safely it's not going to help anything it's mm. a great point yeah um tracy points out uh, definitely not the same boat and i think nope. that's where a lot of that uh disgruntlement over politicians going on vacation came into play yeah, i would say so they yep. weren't doing anything illegal uh as a matter of fact it, there's nothing saying nope. they can't however what when, when they were sitting there telling everybody to stay home and not do any nope. unnecessary travel and they turned around and did the exact opposite yep. that, and, and the people had been sacrificing so much for so long that's where the anger came in and um, so, yeah, uh, definitely not the same boat when some people haven't had their job income or anything else changed whatsoever and other people have had complete devastation in their lives. So, yep. yeah, definitely in the same storm, not in the same boat. So, yep. but yeah, that's a good so, way of putting it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of those ones that just kind of, um, just kind of hit me that it was, it was a really, it was a really important message. Like, yes, we're all, we're all, in the same uh, in the same pile, well, but n not really in the same pile. But we're all in the same storm. So, yeah. anyways, I think I've beaten that one to death. Um, what else do we have? Let's see here. Uh, well, do stuff. Find stuff to do. Yeah, well, for the yeah. Type A's in the crowd, uh, and there's a lot of us that are preppers, right? Because like, usually one kind of goes in hand with the other because you kind of want to cover everything off. Yep. So if you're stuck in an apartment or a small house or you can't leave your property anyways for whatever reason. Um, Instead of sitting there waiting for the walls to close in and start to think about things you don't want to think about, <laughs> maybe you could actually like just distract yourself further. Uh, maintenance, so long neglected stuff. Whether it's that bike that needs like a new sprocket or just a just a, a tear down and cleaning or whatever, hey, take a day and do it, and you know it's not a big deal. Uh, you can always Amazon order parts if you need to. Um, for those of us that are firearms owner and have prohibs that uh, got became safe queens as of May first, we can always pull them out, hug them, clean them. You know, do whatever you have to do. Uh, make it like military mm -hmm. style cleaning. You know, so we're at the point where there's not a smudge of grease anywhere, and yep. you could like go go all in on it. And it might take a whole day to clean your gun. Who knows? Learn it inside uh, out and backwards. That's I right. To be so clean, the Virgin Mary would be proud to take a <laughs> shot with it. <laughs> that's right. You do believe in the Virgin Mary, there, don't you, Private Joker? Uh, <laughs> you could also yeah. memorize movies. That's another uh, thing. Line, line by line. If, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, meditation. It's going to sound mm -hmm. funny, but hey, you don't have to move to do it. And there's plenty of yeah. YouTube videos out there. Absolutely. So if, if you're having a mental issue, and uh, besides watching Awaken with JP, which is pretty humorous, but That's uh, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, meditation, like uh, even just learning some uh, breathing techniques, relaxation <laughs> techniques, any sort of thing that's going to help you just calm that, that mental storm, because right yep. now it's like, uh, un I, I will use a catchphrase, it is unprecedented. Uh, in the, not so much in the disease, but in, in the after effects of the way it's affecting society. Yep. So it's, uh, t you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. So if you're a guy like me that, believe it or not, is not hippy-dippy uh, and, <laughs> and normally would not, not go for that stuff, it, you know what? Maybe just give it a try. Like, um, who knows? It might work for you. Yep, yep. And the great news about YouTube, like the, the great thing about YouTube is that there's literally a video for everything. If you've ever had a skill that you've put off learning, now is the perfect time to do it. Like ham uh, exams. Ham uh, exams. Uh, yeah. yeah. That would be great. I mean, simple things that you can do in your house, right? Learn how to sew. Just having a needle and thread doesn't mean you can doesn't mean you can you can actually repair something. Learn how to sew and and make something. Um You'd be shocked how much learning happens with a hotel repair kit, though, the little sewing repair kit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even how, to, even how to thread a needle properly and tie it off and, and everything else. Sure. Actually, yep. Take the 20 minutes. It might might yep. kill some time, right? It's, um, it's, it's something you can practice. It's something you can do. And it's, uh, 
Yeah, there are there there are a million there are a million little things that you can learn that don't require anything other than what you have in your house, or make it a more make it a challenge and pick a thing that you want to learn and you don't have the right tool and how are you going to work around that? Tracy points out a very good point. Uh, board and busters are a necessary prep, like board yep. games, deck of cards, oh, whatever. We have so I many mean, board games oh, yeah. in this house. Absolutely. Or scrab- Scrabble, or as I like to call it, Squabble. That's yeah, not a yeah. word. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, fun stuff, yep. And none of them require power. <laughs> Scrabble, you have, to, you have to agree on a dictionary before you start playing, plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the infinite doesn't count because you have to plan for no power to use it. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had a, a number there as well, Alan, to use? Yep. If, if talking to your friends, your loved ones isn't an option, um, Canada has a national suicide hotline. I put it in the show notes. It's 833-456-4566. And that will, that's, it's actually, it's manned by volunteers, um, from all over the country. Um, they're people who are trained to listen effectively. They will, they're people that that are experienced in helping you through what's not going well for you right now. Um, so that's the phone number, 833-456-4566. Or there, you can text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 741741. And those are, the, those are two ways that can, those are two places. And um, if you are, if you have um, an employee assistance program through your work, they every EAP out there has a hotline for counselors. That is the, the basic the basic building block, the foundational block of uh, of an EAP. So there's there's some there's somebody out there who is trained and capable of helping you. Um, it, it's important to recognize that in yourself when you when you're in over your head. Um, but that's uh, that's the way it is. And usually, some companies will even provide the first few sessions uh, absolutely free of charge. To, and yep. Don't even like ask; they'll just give them to you. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So. But again, hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Hopefully you got a support network of some sort. And if not, drop us an email. We can yep. yeah. sort something out. Absolutely. So. Yep. Alan Pepper Podcast.ca. That comes to my. That comes right to my phone. I will. Uh, I will always. I will happily talk to anybody that needs it. All right. I think that's pretty much all I had for this. We got uh, quite a few listener uh, emails. So. All right. Uh, podcast challenge first. Yep. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. All righty. So your challenge for today, don't fall down the spiral of depression. Reach out if you need to and offer help if you see someone in need. Um, that can be as simple as, hey, how's it going? And yep. people will open up. Um, or, it's free too. Yeah. yeah. And, and specifically, like if, you, if there's a reason that you're asking the question, make sure you say it. And that person might say, you know what? I didn't want to talk about it, but you're right. Um, they might say, I don't want to talk about it, but you're right. Or they might open up and say, I needed that. Worst case is that person knows you're there. You're there to listen. Exactly. Cool. Um, Upcoming events. Yeah. So a couple uh, bits of bad news. So the BC Sportsman Show in a surprise to absolutely no one has been delayed to 2022. So uh, I do believe if your tickets have been bought already for the Sportsman Show, they will be honored for 2022. Uh, there's still a website in the show notes, and uh, as well as TACOM, postponed until to be announced. They haven't even given a new date. So, uh, again, TACOMCanada.com, and again, if you bought tickets already for the 2020 show, they will honor those in 2022. <laughs> so yeah. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my fist furiously right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, a sign of the times, right? So Yeah, figured that was coming. Unfortunate, but... Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen this summer as far as much of anything. Like I know I just I just found out from my work that my work's on a reduced schedule still to at least at least fall. So who knows? We'll see. But, lots of range time and lots of what I've done for lately for preps. So that's, you gotta, <laughs> we might have to do a sub episode for you every Wednesday. Yeah, I could just yeah, I could just do like a, like a Wednesday episode. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, right, let's move into some shoutouts. Uh, I've got your back, nine one one. Uh, for me, that's a. Uh, they're actually fairly local to me. It's a nonprofit started by a couple of paramedics. They raise money and awareness for first responder mental health specifically. Um, there's some great folks there, and I really appreciate what they what they do. Um, they've also got some pretty cool merch. So uh, I've sure got do. your back, nine one one. Uh, so I've got a uh, just a quick shout out to our, our Patreons. So we've got uh, 26 total on the list, uh, nine who are currently actively making some donations to us to help keep the show going. So much appreciate all the support that we're getting and helps keep the lights on and, 
and the backup generator fueled and the show uh, keep, keeps, keeps, work, keeps Eric working when he could otherwise have a day off. So. <laughs> hey, this isn't work. This is fun. I've got uh, one for the Island Mentor once again because uh, basically when I try and fix things myself, uh, as a fallback, I usually end up going back to him and he makes everything better. So that's awesome. Anyways, um, and he's listening as well. So, All right. Let's move into iTunes and uh, email. Yeah, quite a, quite a lot this week. So yeah. I've, got, I've got one from Darius Keter, who's also listening right now. Yep. Uh, she says, uh, love the show. I feel another ham show is a good idea, Eric. Uh, I'm looking into getting my license as well, and the problem is finding what I, uh, is what I want to study. But uh, my options are to spend sixty bucks uh, that I don't have at the moment on books I know nothing about, or follow the advice of all the internet warriors and memorize the questions of the test by doing practice tests a thousand times. What information should I be studying? From Kate, mm-hmm. Cater. There is no limit to what you should be studying. Yep. What you need to pass the test and what you should know to be an effective radio operator are two very different things. Um, I think if you drop us an email, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca, there are some very specific things that we can uh, that we can send you that can uh, that will point you in the right direction of how you know how the systems work and how to do some of the math and then some practice tests. Yep. But Absolutely. there is a, there are there's a big difference between what you need to know and what you need to pass the test. So. Yeah. Don't be afraid to keep learning, but if your if your goal is to pass the test, then uh, shoot us an email, uh, and we'll uh, we'll send that. Uh, or I guess you already did send us an email, so we'll yep. reply with that information. Yeah, yeah. I'll send uh, send your link. I got a Dropbox full of study notes, and okay. uh, but by by the yeah, government exams and like for theoretical knowledge and, and practical knowledge are always two different things. Yes. <laughs> so. yeah. For for myself, I I did quite enjoy the Coax Publications um, study books. So uh, if you are looking to spend a couple of bucks, I think it's like 45 or, f- or 50 bucks for the book. Um, I found it. I still use it. I've uh, got the basic book and the advanced book. I use it all the time to reference things and check back and because yeah, I can't memorize absolutely everything. So they, they are handy to have in your shack if you are looking to get a book. Uh, but the, uh, the practice exams on the government website are the exact questions you're going to get. So I would definitely look at those because you'll get an idea as to what you are going to be challenged on because it's exactly the questions they're going to ask. And um, yeah, we'll flip you some information as well. Cool. Uh, so I've got one here from Scott. It just says, I uh, quite enjoyed tonight's call-in episode. Congrats on making it to 100. Uh, some topic ideas, uh, wood gasifiers. So it's a favorite topic of his, uh, but I uh, have yet to build one. So hopefully we can uh, get that going for an episode. Uh, prepper fiction or nonfiction, perhaps uh, critique them. So yeah, that'd be a good uh, good topic episode as well. Uh, Actually, I was going to say, like, uh, maybe the listeners tell us if they want us to do like a maybe end of the month book club, like we could plan yeah. for our first one end of February. Um, yep. Before we start with Les Stroud's uh, survive book, that was, that was a good one. Let's, uh, I want fiction or something like a little more fun to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> our, real life boring. Our our first uh, our first <laughs> argument already. Uh, yeah, no, I it's mean, be great. <laughs> yeah, no, we could uh, maybe get some suggestions from listeners. I will get down on my knees and punch you right in the face. <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh. hell, I'll use your ball, I'll use your balls as like one of those speed bags. Just like, uh, <laughs> goodbye, YouTube. It's been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. moving along. Yeah. So uh, it also says um, stupid little things, all the tiny things you never thought of until something went wrong. Uh, I keep spare spare plumbing parts. Yeah, Ian. Yeah. Look at that, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. On. Now, isn't that just ironic that we were just talking about that? See, it, 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 is, it's, yeah. a, it's a ten cent part, and mm. basically, if I don't have it, it ruins a good chunk of my preps because I can't do a full bathtub of water. Yeah. This uh, a couple other things like what you've had a hard time getting during the COVID lockdown. Uh, it's a pain for curbside pickup. What you would, uh, what would be hugely problematic if uh, shit were to hit the fan? Uh, what is the ten cent part that you could uh, grind your plans that uh, could grind your plans to a halt? So some great ideas there. Uh, love the learning aspect of your podcast, and I don't see anything wrong with learning from others too. A hundred percent. And uh, thanks for creating such an entertaining show. I'll, I'll try to help with content ideas, or at least think uh, to jot them down, Scott. So appreciate that, Scott. I know you're uh, listening right now. We should made a couple of comments. But, uh, yeah, appreciate the email and, and the ideas. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll add those to the topic list. 
And then we got one from John. John says, hi, guys. I especially enjoyed the latest podcast regarding power outage preparedness. Very important for sure. I live in a rural area, so when we lose power, we are often on our own for some time until power is restored. The thing we miss most about the thing we miss most during power outages is water. A few years back, I purchased a large portable water tank, connected it to the water pump with its own pressure switch, which is powered by the battery. It ties to my existing cold water piping of the house, so when the power is off, I can simply turn on a light switch, powering up the pump, turn one valve, and back on back in water pressure again. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, my wife and kids really enjoy having water to wash their hands and flush the toilets, take showers, etc., even if the generator is off. When I do turn the generator on every six hours or so to keep the freezers cold, I top up the water tank if I need to, and will automatically charge up the battery connected to the 12-volt pump uh, uh, using a NOCO automatic charger. I'm guessing that's a brand name. Uh, I'll have to it look is, that up. Yeah. It is? Fantastic. Uh, the battery is large enough that it will run the small pump for days without even needing to be charged. Keep the water in the tank, treat it in data to use it up, and replace it every six months to be safe. It's been a real game changer in our house, and my wife likes to have the water option available, especially when I'm not at home and the power goes out. It also makes it so I don't need to store tons of bottled water, which is much more convenient than, than jugs of water. Thanks again for a great podcast. John from Nova Scotia. John, that's awesome. I think that's absolutely fantastic. That is way better uh, we were just saying my first episode was the was our like our first water episode. Yep. This is such a better uh, uh, such a better system than what than I mean even a water bob. They're cool. They're great. Not knocking the water bob. This is like next level water bob, and I'm I'm about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd love to know how big that how big this uh, this tank is. Where do you keep it? Is it under is it underground? Is it above ground? Um, do you have problems with it freezing? Um, those are those you know all questions I have. So if uh, um, if you'd like to talk more about it, we'd love to have you on and talk and talk oh, yeah. in detail about this. Um, if you do want to come on, drop us an email. We'll uh, we'll set it up and we'll do an entire episode on that. Yeah, yeah. Not, I would be all over that for sure. Oh yeah, I'd like to get into more depth as to yep. how you set it up, pitfalls that you've come into, things that are working right for you, and yeah. I mean get some ideas out for everybody else. So they can set up a similar uh, similar setup because that's John's uh, our new expert on on water storage. I think so. I think yeah. so. Cool. Uh, last one is from Nathan. So uh, I just listened to the 100th episode and really enjoyed it. While I do not have any new topics to bring up, I really appreciate the reminders to service equipment and be prepared with the knowledge and items that you already own. I just went through the same Pineapple Express. Uh, I guess he's on the West Coast here. And uh, power in most of the areas is finally back up. Because of the constant reminders from you, I finally fixed the fuel lines on the generator, which make the two days of power a lot more bearable with a toddler and a baby. Thanks again for the great episodes and look forward to the next 100. Happy Thanks. wife, happy life. Oh, yeah. We are also looking forward to the next 100. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode number 101 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Submit a review. It helps other people find us. We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast. Click the notifications tab. It gives you an alert when we're going live. Same thing happens on Facebook. You can contact me directly, Alan, that's with one L, at PrepperPodcast.ca. Okay, and first of all, Kevin, uh, can you do an episode on Ian called What's in the Bin Behind Me? <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Uh, yes, we probably could, but no, I will not because it's, uh, yeah, it's OPSEC. It might just be like stuffed uh, animals from my childhood. It might be electrical wires. It might be a little A, column A, a little column B. You know, they're, they're actually all empty and just for show. He keeps all, <laughs> the stuff at, he keeps all the stuff at ground level where he can reach it. Can we do it during an earthquake? Oh, yeah, it'd be better. It'd be like an <laughs> Ikea ball house or something like that. Yeah. Um, actually, if you look at the Lord Humongous on YouTube, he uh, he does the same thing. He's got a bunch of bins everywhere, and he doesn't look any better. So, Anyway, um, as far as myself, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at thewesternretreat at gmail.com. You can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes and YouTube, for now, until they get kicked off. There you'll find <laughs> us discussing why government waste in society makes me seek my inner penguin. Oh. <laughs> hey, fun fact. <laughs> Penguin, when you translate it to Cantonese or Mandarin, I forget which one, turns into uh, business goose. I learned that the other day, and I found that very entertaining. Well, there you go. Learned something new today. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Please uh, check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.